Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the More Than Medical Students podcast. Is it possible to be a medical student and startup founder? Yes, it is. In today's episode, I welcome Chris, who is a newly graduated doctor, but who also founded a health tech startup at medical school. Chris is the co-founder of Apianero, a startup that uses drone to carry medication to remote places. In this episode, we discuss his startup journey, from the idea of the startup to the development of it and finally getting it to launch recently, the NHS. We also discuss Chris's intercalating experience. Indeed, he intercalated in a bioengineering degree. We discuss the different modules and all the things he studied during his bioengineering degree, which is a really interesting way to explore different interests outside of the MBBS degree. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can also join us on Instagram. The page is called at more than medical students. Enjoy the episode and see you guys later. Bye. Hi everyone and welcome to this new episode. Today I'm super excited to be joined by uh, Christopher. Do you want to introduce yourself for everyone who's listening? Sure. Uh, hello everyone, my name's Chris. Uh, I am very similar to Marianne's shoes. I also just graduated medicine and now trying to you know, do my best part and by, by, by using drones. So that's a bit about me. Yeah, super exciting. It's already a very like mysterious introduction to say like using drones. So. Um, tell us a bit about that and everything that's going on on that side. Yeah, sure. So uh, quite a few years ago in 2018, Hamad and I, uh, who uh, actually is or is my best friend, and we've been known each other for over 10 years now, and um, we, at school, uh, started the uh, Rocketry Society. So we built sort of these model rockets. We would fire them up into the skies and see them mo- most of the time blow up. Uh, but a few of them were successful and managed to take a very nice aerial shot of um, of the school. And then when we well, we somehow ended up in the same medical school, uh, doing the same course in the same year, in the same group, uh, all by chance. And then for, for me personally, um, I saw the need for clinicians to to get to get the right products to them at the right time. So in my very first surgery, I remember actually in Morphe Hospital and uh, I saw one of the clinicians actually drop her surgeons drop her instrument onto the floor and there was no longer aseptic so we I had to actually go around cold calling all the local hospitals trying to find that piece of equipment and that's when it struck me that it didn't seem right because there was no quick way of getting the items to us and for you know I'm all about trying to solve some of those challenges and uh, you know fast forward in our second year third year we you know started thinking about using drones and actually one a few competitions. The very first thing we won was actually the UK Space Agency's um, satellite competition, which was to use satellite to improve life on Earth. And since that point onwards, we have been very fortunate and very lucky to have had the support we've got. Um, and now, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, we have delivered the world's first chemotherapy by drone, and we are in the process of doing other bits and pieces of uh, of the trials um, up up and down the country. So that's a bit brief description of uh, the journey so far. Brilliant. Wow, that's super interesting and lots of questions already, you know, coming up um, in my mind. So just to make sure I understand properly, the 
you thought, you know, we can make drones that can deliver different things around to NHS where it's needed, including things that you said, chemotherapy, right? That's super awesome. Okay, so another question that I had was, so in school you were really interested in, like, rockets and stuff. Why did you go to medical school? Why didn't you go to, like, you know, studying aero or, or doing something like that? Um, you know, just the thought. Yeah, very good question, actually. Um, so at school, I... I uh, was contemplating between three things. One was medicine, one was engineering, and the other one was music. And I, sort of most of my very close friends were all in medicine, and I sort of naturally gravitated towards that, and uh, they sort of made a decision, decision on, for me. Um, interestingly, actually, in year 12, or, uh, I did physics as well but, um, in my AS level. And that was one of my best marks I've ever got, and I unfortunately dropped that. And I think that to this day, it's probably uh, looking back, I would have actually just stuck with physics. All my teachers thought I was crazy to drop it. But all my very close friends were applied to medicine, so I sort of followed suit uh, with them. Uh, and I didn't want to be lonely, so uh, that's why I chose medicine. Ah, that's really interesting. Fine, and I guess, yeah, so you ended up in the same medical school as your best friend from school. So you kind of like followed the, the like group of what they were doing. That's super interesting. I think it's interesting to like talk about, you know, this group effect of things, because I guess when you're a teenager as well, you get inspired by other people and you like follow other people and get interested by what they're interested in as well. So that's, that's quite interesting. And in the end, when you got to med school, did you realize like, yeah, this is for me, like this is, you know, works out? I would say the first couple of years I I, I wasn't a huge fan because I think I certainly thought um, it was very much about just seeing people straight away. And I think Bart has been quite good at that. You, know, you sort of get exposed to people on, on day one, really. I thoroughly enjoyed physiology of, of things. And I think that really made me realize how to think in a certain way. I think clinicians are you know, sort of taught how to be very good with, with interacting with people. And I think that's something that I've learned the most, I would say. It's actually not the content. It's about how to emotionally and deal with people. I think that one of the things about medicine is that it's it's a really good way of inter- sort of mixing and matching for the brightest and best. And, you know, the NHS is, uh, I think, the world's fifth largest employer. And you have, you know, Europe's largest employer in, in, in the NHS. And that's something that is very, very special because you have the brightest and best uh, literally congregated in one organization. Of course, it doesn't mean that it's all perfect. Uh, I've learned a lot um, through through medicine, but I think that there is certainly, as as the days go by, I did question a lot about why I was doing it in the first place. It's a, I think the environment itself isn't always the best, but I think the, the people that are working within it are just so bright and talented, and there's so much uh, sort of mentorship and giving back and, you know, passing on the knowledge from one person to another. I think that was what I really appreciated the most um, at med school. Mm, yeah, it's really interesting what you're saying. It's true that there's so many like transferable skills that we we learn, you know, in medical school, and especially like you said, communication and understanding people and how people work and how to yeah how their psychology as well. So there's so many things that are really transferable in in medicine, and I guess a lot of things that you learn from medicine that you can apply maybe to your day to day life. You know, as a as a founder of your your startup, I was actually listening to a podcast on. Uh, earlier today and they were saying that it was a doctor who also founded a like health tech startup um, but like you and they were saying they learned so many skills from being in med school that they can actually apply day to day um did you find you know that that worked as well for you and your startup yeah so i would say actually 
um, what has been really, really helpful is, is the sort of the, the way we position ourselves. I think Pam and I, you know, being medical students themselves, ourselves, I think uh, gave us a lot of access to different people. And it's a lot of us are sort of under this, this sort of mentorship role. And we were able to literally walk into trusts and just, you know, speak to the right person and, and got immediate access to, to that through being students, you know, and without, even without projects on the Isle of Wight. We, you know, were just living in hospital accommodation, which I don't think many people would be able to do because as part of that, we just said we were under elective and, you know, just rolled up and, uh, you know, just was in the sort of the trenches uh, with, with them. So I think that was very helpful. And um, I would also say that I think with, with uh, medicine wise, it's, it's um, the way that you, you sort of learned soft skills is, is absolutely critical. I think, you know, that gave us a lot of confidence in, in um, being able to speak to seniors and people with more experience and, and sort of having the feeling that as if there is no hierarchy whatsoever is also quite important part um, to this. But yeah, I, I think Bart has, you know, school has really taught us working as a, as a team in collaboration and also making sure you pull the right people in for the right pieces. And that's something that I think that we've got a lot out of. Uh, yeah, that's super interesting what you're saying yeah, about teamwork and knowing, you know, this is the best task for this other person, so I'm going to try to bring them in, which is exactly what you're talking about. Um, awesome. And um, with what you were saying earlier about, you know, engineering, I know that you also did an intercalated degree in bioeng at Imperial, because this is how we met. So t- do you want to tell us a bit about that and uh, why you decided to do this intercalated degree? Yeah, so... Um, the reason I did it was actually because I think most people were doing it and I wanted to do something engineering related I think just just because I um, there's a lot of FOMO of not being able to do engineering as from going to university so I thought I would do that there are two options of either staying at Queen Mary and doing it or you sort of leave um, to go to another university and to this day I think Imperial was was a really was one of the most enjoyable times I've ever had I think it's the just the caliber of people. I think I, I said I, I felt like I was very out of place. The, the imperial students were extraordinarily smart, and I uh, had so much respect for them. And looking up to to just their the talents and their um, thinking. And the very first day when I actually went to the uh, BSc, the lecturer was saying, you know, if you remember anything out of this course, and do not remember any equations, do not remember any of the maths, just appreciate and understand how to think. Uh, and that was the very first thing he said. He, he it like reiterated so many times throughout the year, and I think that was probably the biggest learning I've taken away from from that BSc. It was not about equation, not about solving things. It was about how you think about the problem and solve and solve that. So it was a it was a really intense course. I would say uh, it was during a year which we had COVID halfway through, and a lot of information was thrown at once. I think we had like before we starting. Uh, there was a lot of Arduino projects, uh, which I still have in my room, <laughs> uh, lying there. So that was that was uh, before we started. There was a lot of work to do, and throughout the year, again, it was just so fascinating because I there was a lot of modules you could choose from, and I chose uh, some really interesting ones which I really really enjoyed learning about. And the project itself, uh, the group project we we had to do was also super fascinating. I think we was working we were working with actual bioengineer students and environment of Imperial and just seeing and absorbing the the science sort of uh, environment was very inspiring. That's great. It's awesome that you've had such a, a positive experience and uh, it's true that I've also heard that it's a really intense um, BSc so um, I can I can imagine and with COVID on top of that so 
So just briefly for anyone who's listening who might you know be interested in the BSc, what are the sort of modules and I think you know what are the different steps? So is there like a three month project that you do at the end and if you want to just tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so there were some sort of fundamental modules we had to take. One of the one of them is fundamental of, of like uh, engineering, which is really important. And it teaches about sort of mechanics and uh, electrical engineering. But uh, the optional ones that I did tissue engineering and regenerative tish, um, engineering, I believe, and there was orthopedic biomechanics, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I did medical device certification, which was I think it's it's a good module if you want to learn about sort of writing documents and about how to get things certified but I think it's, it wasn't the most interesting one it didn't really get you to think about problems and you know I think there was there was others which were out there for example you could do biomimetics which is learning about sort of how we get ins- get design inspiration from, from nature and you translate that into sort of uh, products and, and services for, for people which I think was, was quite interesting I, I didn't do that module but I, I've had very good things about it uh, and then I also did the hearing the speech uh, uh, module as well. I have never knew that there was so much statistics and maths behind hearing, and there was something that I've never really thought about until I did that module. It's one of the, I think, the human ear is probably one of the, the greatest evolution thing we've ever been exist in existence. So that was, uh, I think, certainly the highlight of my time there is to not know how complicated uh, sound and, and hearing is and the way we process speech as well so that was fascinating um so i encourage people to to do to the ones i've mentioned but of course it's sort of go with your gut feeling that's something which is really important you know it doesn't matter what you do as long as you make a decision stick with it and don't look back really mm. and i guess yeah like you said make the most as well of the modules like if you choose a module even if it's not the most interesting pick what you can learn from it and know that it's really important for other things in the future and it's really nice hearing you so enthusiastic about you know the he- the hearing aspect. I I didn't know that either. So very interesting, and um, it's really interesting as well how you know the physiology of the human body can be linked to engineering, which is something we we don't often think about. So very cool. What was your like project on? Did you you said you were working with some groups of other you know bioengineers on a project? Yeah. So the ones I was uh, working on. Um, uh, smart wearables and that was about sort of finding out which uh you know how do we measure uh th- the objectives was try and essentially detect and prevent heat stroke and there was a few uh sort of did a bit of systematic review and found which parameters were the most important we found actually temperature was a huge one obviously for heat stroke there was about the things about sweat sensors about how much electrolytes there were in your sweat and then there's also a heart rate as well so we basically split the team up into those three sectors um individually created the modules for that um, in getting sensors and measuring that. So it was really about sort of wearables. So we looked at the heart, uh, sort of heart rate. I was working on the heart rate um, side of things and um, looking at sort of PPG, which is like um, photoplethysmography, which is looking at sort of the uh, the blood vessels and seeing how the rate at which blood was flowing through the vessels. And then you essentially can detect the pulsation uh, through that and it was a sort of like your Apple Watch sort of esque like mm, yeah. um, and so those were the three components and we tried to combine them at the end but we didn't have time to do so the three different modules and uh, also the, the aim was to try and prevent heat stroke um, for people who are in extreme environments whether you're sort of uh, an athlete um, or whether you're working in mines for example on the grounds and but yeah so th- the whole concept was trying to see prevention 
versus intervention. You know, you really want to catch before we you sort of go into hospital. And ideally, I think with wearables, the moment whereby we can detect everything very early on and then actually, you know, send, let's say, an ambulance across and say, jump in the van, you know, you're about to get a heat stroke sort of thing. So that's something we're working on. And I think it was very interesting. There was a lot of algorithms and signal processing uh, of the sensors. The sensors are notoriously very sensitive and you have to do a lot of filtering to get the signals that you want. Because when you even shake your hand and move your hands, that yeah. you get a lot of like artifacts in the, in the um, interstate that you collect. So we've got to clean it up before and showing what the actual heart rate is, for example. Yeah, again, we don't often talk about, you know, the intersection of like technology and, and medicine, but I think it's really like the future of so many things in healthcare. So it's really, really interesting and a really fascinating field. And so did did any of the things from like the BSC, were they useful for like, you know, your, your startup and your company later? I would say actually the biggest thing that I took away from the engineering was actually just the thinking, the way you think about problems. And I don't think any of the equations really mattered, uh, you know, because equations you can find them anywhere online, you know, if you can Google that, that's your answer. But it's really about how you dissect it down. And even in the final group project, for example, you know, the, our supervisor was saying, you know, when you think about these problems, think about the problem first, and then you go and away and individually build these pieces. And it was a perfect example because everybody had a piece to do, and there was three parts to components to this sort of uh, wearable device. And the key was, I think, throughout the, uh, the whole sort of project, we were, you know, it's about building something, testing it, building something, testing it, building something, testing it. And that way, you know where you're going wrong before you then integrate it together. So it's all about sort of individual um, doing a stepwise fashion um, and working way backwards. So the, the end goal is to create a medical device and then you sort of break it down into the key components and then each component will then have its own components and you then work on each sort of milestones. There's also the, we applied to the VCC, which is the Venture Catalyst Challenge. We got through some rounds, but the first time that we sort of really embodied the whole process of sort of startup world. And I think that was quite interesting. It, yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. R- remind me, did you, you know, did you start the startup before UBSU or after? Yeah, it was before. The, the idea was sort of uh, concepted 2018. So, just, so literally before we, I joined Imperial. Um, and yeah, so that's sort of, uh, yeah, it was before I went to Rome. Okay, brilliant. And yes, about the, the idea, how did the idea come about? Yeah, of the whole company that you, you started and how, and then afterwards, second question, how did you like grow the idea into what it is now? Because that's a lot of steps I can imagine. Yeah, good question. So the, the whole idea came about when we actually, it was really funny because Hamad had a tab on the, on his computer and, and that was like, he, he saves, he's got like a, a million tabs on Google Chrome and just, he, he, that's how he saves the various cool sort of articles or links and competitions, etc. And then one of them, one day I was just sort of, uh, I saw one, I was like, this is the UK Space Agency satellite competition. Why have, why did you not tell me about this earlier? And he was like, oh yeah, it was just saving my tab. Well, I'm going to apply for it. And then we applied for it with the idea of, like, originally it was for th- sort of developing, I can't say that word, developing countries. And uh, about sort of uh, the key we found was shocking stat, which is like you know ninety percent of the problems in developing countries was actually related to um, access to healthcare, not the actual healthcare itself. It's the access, and notoriously there's sort of challenges in ground infrastructure and being um, able to get the right items to the right people in the right time. And that was something that we were just started off doing. And then 
when we won the competition, we get we got incubated in the sort of um, satellite application category. We were we were sort of born from there, and uh, you know in the first year we sort of really went about just going up and down the country, just, you know various events and networking and finding the right people uh, who may be able to help us with this. And then we sort of shaped the idea slowly but surely uh, about how we should do this, and uh, then shifted to the NHS because. The person who was running the competition from the UK Space Agency was like, you know, have you ever thought about doing it in the in the UK? Because there's a lot of problems with human access in, in this country. We thought, yeah, it's a good, great idea. It was a sort of um, uh, uh, sort of thesis that whether to go with the sort of developing countries and then translate translate it to the UK or vice versa. And there's pros and cons for both of them. A pros in in the UK is that it's close to home. We know it very well. It's in our own ecosystem problem is of course you know it's a lot harder to do something because of regulation etc the opposite is true for uh, developing countries so we went with this country because that's where you know we were passionate about the NHS and then really it's we, we went to events uh, and <laughs> this is a funny story so the UK Space Agency was actually holding a event in, in London and when we went there Emily Gravesock who, who was the person in the UK Space Agency who we were uh, close with said that is Professor Tony Young. He is National Clinical Lead for Innovation at NHS England. You should go speak to him about it. So we sort of, you know, trotted along to him, uh, sort of say, hey, we were, we were having Chris. Uh, we would love to pitch this idea to you. And he was like, okay, guys, I'm busy, but why don't you come with me to this event I'm going to? So he, he was going to UCL to do an event. Uh, so we sort of trotted along, followed him uh, from that event to another event. And in that evening, he does this thing where it's like you sort of pitch your idea uh, you stand up and give an elevator pitch and it gets people to do that uh, over and over again. Eventually, he came around to us and said, right, everyone, this is uh, Chris and Hammond. They think that drones are going to be the next big thing. I'm going to put them on the spot and I'm going to let them pitch in front in front of everyone. So we pitched our idea. We're like, drones are going to work. It's going to change health, logistics, blah, blah, blah. And then we sat us down and he said, you know, guys, I think it's, the drones are not going to work. You know, And we were like, no, it's going to work. It's going to work. Of course it's going to work. And he was like, right. I see you're passionate about this. Uh, why don't you join the NHS Clinical Entrepreneur Program, which I'm running? And uh, we were like, what is that? He was like, okay, just apply to the thing. You know, uh, we sort of match you up with the right mentors and, you know, sort of uh, commercial help to try and get your idea off the ground, literally. Uh, no pun intended. But uh, so we, we did that uh, and became one of the youngest people to join the program. And COVID hit and everything, most things stopped, but the drone industry was accelerated so much by at least a few years um and then we met one of the mentors on the program was called alex truby so we met alex i think he likes us enough to uh, be in the trenches with us we spent a year basically working uh developing ideas shaping the idea and then we started off in better south essex nhs trust there and that's where tony was working and that was our very first project that we did and we were lucky enough to win two grants one with the uk slash european space agency and the other one was uh with uh, UK research and innovation. And so those were, you know, we launched our project in Essex. We're fortunate enough to have got a lot of PR from that. I think we, in the end, we got around 109 million impressions with all of our press around the world. So that was a, a incredible thing we did. And to see the drones in its rainbow colors and the NHS colors, I think that was very special. That's great. Okay, it's very interesting to hear how like, you know, mentorship and meeting the right people, but also like, you know, I'm going to grab this opportunity and move along with it. So I think that's... I was also thinking at some point, that, you know, how do you not get this feeling like, oh, I'm just a medical student. I'm going to walk up to the NHS 
director you know do you, do you ever get you know shy or imposter syndrome or do you feel like oh i can't do this should i wait to be a doctor to do this so i don't know this thing that ever you ever thought about or, or not really yeah i think so i think I, I certainly had a lot of imposter syndrome as well but i think just seeing working with howard and you know he's sort of uh, ferocious in uh how he was doing and i think i took a lot of learnings from learned a lot from howard and also from alex just you know uh, but i think also we were just sort of re beginning we were naive kids and we thought we could do anything we could draw the world and uh, i loved the sort of creativity and people were so understanding people are more a lot more helpful than one might think and um seeing this sort of again sort of mentorship role people wanted to help and we just have the most you know, amazing partners ever and spoke to the ceo of nhs literally last week and she uh, you know our story was i think uh, it was basically the the story that the nhs led with for their 74th birthday and Amanda Pritchard was basically talking about us and saying how Jones would be helping the NHS. Um, and, you know, we, when we met her in person, we, I don't think I, I really thought about uh, having fear of talking to the CEO of the NHS. It's sort of just a very friendly chat. And, you know, it's sort of, um, I was very grateful and I think I was in a very fortunate position to be able to speak to her. But there, there is no sort of uh, hierarchy, which I think is really nice. You know, um, and I think even working as a clinician, as a doctor, I think that sometimes it gets forgotten i think doctors are it seems like of course there is a hierarchy of climbing up the ranks and eventually becoming a consultant but actually in actual fact if there is a problem you're allowed to speak up and you know raise your concerns and there are a lot of times where i did question about whether i even deserve to be there but i think that certainly it's um seeing how helpful people are and as long as you give back and equally uh i think that's all one can ask for i remember also one of my consultants was saying to me he was like well I'm giving you this knowledge. I'm helping you guys out. Uh, I don't want anything in return. I just want you to promise me that you'll pass this knowledge. And that was just super lovely to hear. And so, um, yeah, that's actually super important and, and super nice to hear. Like you said, the the transmission of knowledge is something that I like. I often see on the walls that you know I'm sometimes teaching younger medical students, and I get taught by the the SHOs and the regs and everything. And it's it's just like a lot of transmission. But you, yeah, you're right that sometimes there is this hierarchy in kind of like ranks but it is important to remember that it's more like to work and in terms of experience it's not like we're not allowed to talk to each other because he's too senior or stuff like that mm. so it's, it's really important and it's like refreshing to hear as well that you know no matter you know your age or your rank you can come up with you know a brilliant idea and build a project and you know go through all the steps of, bring, of building it as well um awesome so how did you balance um, doing all this work for the you know your company and medical school because you know super busy time in medical school is like this crazy thing that takes up a lot of time in your life uh yeah good question i hope none of my lecturers are watching or hearing this because <laughs> uh i how and i we did i think medical school is hard but there is a lot of free time if you use it wisely and i think we were just very you know, we would cram and <laughs> all of our studies. And I think a lot of times I uh, try to be efficient when we go into clinics and um, into an hospital, because I think it's really about, there's a lot of time wasting around just standing there, you know, and not learning much. So I think if, if there is any waste of time, I don't think I'm learning much, I'll just leave. And I think that should be the culture that one should build upon. You know, if, if, you, if you are not learning, if you're not adding value or if you're not taking value from whatever you're in, it's actually rude to make someone stay when they should you should be just allowed to just stand up and just leave right because 
you know, medical students, there's plenty of stuff going on. There's you know, so much like uh, you know, admin, there's like revision, there's like preparing for all sorts of different things and, you know, applications, etc. And I think it's about using the time wise. Now, of course, I understand that different people have different ways of learning things and, you know, some might learn in a certain way. And I think that medical school is taught in such a way that it's only suitable for one specific type of people. So I think I personally found lectures very unhelpful and I like to learn, understand the fundamental concepts before I sort of do stuff. But I think I wasn't sort of the typical good medical student, I would say. I wouldn't, you know, sort of turn up every single day stay from like 8.30 to like 5.30 or daily, you know, it just, just simply wasn't me. And I think I just did enough to take as much as I could out from whatever I did, whether it was just like being clinics or uh, anything else. And there was a lot of cramming, I would say as well. Um, and then go to all these events with drone and aviation events. And I gave us a lot of energy in, in going back to medicine and learning that because that sort of was, you know, seeing both worlds as literally our two most passionate things healthcare and aviation combined to one thing and that gave us a lot of drive and energy to do to do both and and also i think have and i we didn't really have much of a social life uh a little bit, <laughs> a bit sad i would say but um it was it was um we we enjoyed what we were doing i think that's important is that you've got to you've really got to enjoy what you're doing and i think we were just lucky enough that we really genuinely we just we just couldn't stop ourselves from uh, not working on on the drone side of things so that is super cool i think that's one of the key things you know to you know if you're doing something that you really love then you're not going to count the hours or you're not going to feel like oh i i need to work on this project like you said you, you have the drive to to really want to work on this project and uh, improve it so that's really really interesting and it's brilliant to hear that you know you can do an amazing and a really big project on the side of, of medical school and this really you know this links a bit to the why I created this podcast but you know we're more than medical students because you know some of us on the side of medicine they have huge projects that are equally as important as medicine or they just have you know a family or they have a hobby or they're like in a national sports team and they're like I want to do both and I don't want to give up the other thing in order to do medicine um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts about you know the topic more than medical students and the the podcast, or do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I mean just the same way that you know you are doing the podcast outside of your you know, be now being a you know, junior doctor, I think that's that is very you know hats off to you for for doing that. It's it's not easy to do whatsoever, and I think that medical students and people you know, certainly they're they're just so bloody talented, and it's a lot. They have so much skills and and creativity and and just passion for doing other things outside of just medicine right and i think that medicine can't simply define you and and, and students are i think are the ones i met are they are so creative and they want they have so much ambition and they're so talented in a lot of different things and actually to then really push them into this sort of boxed up you know standardized factory line output of a of a school which is to create standardized medics across the country where you, you know whatever you may be placed you create the same standard of care it's a shame, I think, because it's just so. Uh, I, I see a lot of um, students who, uh, I know, like you say, are on national sports team, or whether they um, are, you know, uh, really good at sort of music, or whether they're good at drama or acting, you know, whatever it might be, and drawing. And um, I have a lot of respects, and that's why I think students should certainly be encouraged to do more of that and university should should learn to understand that that is a huge part you should be you should 
whatever you, you might be good at that should be encouraged and not sort of you know be bottled out where you know you have to do medicine you know that's just, that's the only thing you can do and hence why the NHS like clinical entrepreneur program was a perfect example of that you know there's there's clinicians who are literally leaving the NHS I think I heard the stat which is like um a third of all junior doctors leave the NHS for good and uh, in Stanford Medical School after graduating half of all graduates leave medicine to do something else right so this dropout rate is, is just in, insane you know you have the smartest people actually leaving the NHS to do something else and yeah if you don't give them an opportunity to do both and uh, get them sort of excited then fortunately you know the culture is that you're just going to lose them and it's a shame and people yeah. like you know, I hear all the time they're like oh I wish I could do this I wish I could do that but the NHS and my seniors don't let me and that the sort of HR is like I says I can't do that and it's really sad because I you know they, they feel so helpless and they love medicine but the environment has been created sometimes isn't always the best and I um, and I hope that people are able to find something that they enjoy doing and work around that um, but I think that's not for me to say uh, how it should be done but that's sort of my what I think should be the case yeah and you're right that everyone like you know I think in medicine we're all like we're all quite different in some ways but we're all meant to like you know have the same degree at the end and all fit in one box so you know some people say oh you look like a medical student I'm like what does that even mean you know so we medical students are so diverse and they have such a diversity of you know, sometimes backgrounds and sometimes skills and we should like you said really value this and try to put forward everyone's skills because it's better to be complementary than to all be an army of robots that have the same skills so um and, and i think you're right that in terms of training and medical school it should be encouraged to like you know to help and to be more flexible in the program to allow people to develop these these skills because otherwise it's such a shame to to either see them go or like or see them let go of their hobbies or their project in order to to keep doing medicine so yeah super interesting and, and thank you for sharing that as well um we i think we're coming towards the the end of the episode i have some like questions that i i ask everyone um if you if that's okay with you so the first question i ask is um do you have someone you know a person might be a celebrity might be someone you know around you that you find really inspiring and this person like you know really inspires you or, or you know you think about them when things are tough and you're like yeah you know i'm going to be like them yeah i've literally my my uh, one of my favorite people is uh Elon musk i would say he is just mm-hmm. incredible and you know, engineer turned you know, physics turned engineering and now you know he, he's just changed industries and think about it it's a lot of it. it's just reasoning from like first principles about like what is the fundamental assumptions that we can understand and he has literally changed industries as a result of understanding the core principles but yeah he's certainly one of my idols i would say mm-hmm. right great awesome and do you have like a book or a resource like you know it could be a documentary or a youtube channel that you know you have really you find really good value in it and you would recommend to other people reading or listening or, or watching it or it can be a few, a few. <laughs> yeah um i think there's a there's a few which i really enjoy i think there's there's called the uh one of them is called the mum test uh yeah. which is about sort of i don't know if you might know about that but it's about sort of um talking to customers and like you know uh, about you've got to do the mum test and you know, see if your mum can even understand and I think that's a really good uh, book that I really would recommend um, reading if, if, if this is something <laughs> of, of interest um, and I would say uh, when it comes to like sort of um, 
uh, resources wise there is a lot of uh, interesting stuff out there it depends on what, what it is but I think um, one of the, my absolute favorite channels is um, uh, called Free Code Camp and they actually basically it's an open source way of actually teaching people how to all the fundamental principles of um, software engineering I think that's something mm -hmm. that I yeah. uh, if people are interested in learning I think that's that's great and um, with medicine wise I would say one of my favorite things actually was sketchy micro you might know what that is and uh, it's about sort of teaching concepts of medicine in like sort of pictures if you're a visual learner sketchy nice. micro is great so um, something of uh, people who are doing like reading text and looking mm -hmm. at pictures and associating that with that. I think that was that was uh, one of my favorite things that I uh, it certainly helped me a lot. That's a good tip. Yeah. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, I'll make a I'll make note of these and I'll put them in the description of the episode as well for people who who want to find them later. Um, that's amazing. And um, what? Okay, this is a hard question. I think it's difficult. But what mm. would you? What tips would you say to your like? To your eighteen-year-old self, if you could just tell him something, pass him a message. Oh, Is that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would say, um, don't overthink it. Follow your heart. I think that often your gut feeling is really underrated, uh, and uh, your gut is often the, the most. Uh, it's probably the, the right decision, and um, try. It, I think if every. You know, as long as you um, can output more into society than you consume, I think that is, you know, there will be a uh, sort of goal that you want to work towards. And don't be afraid of uh, uh, <laughs> of of failing uh, because <laughs> I think we've certainly had, you know, and also medicine is hard, but it's 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 not as hard as uh, starting a startup. I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that's what I would say to my previous self. It's a good question. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. That's really great. Um, honestly, you know, learned so much from your chat and was really, really interesting to chat about many different things in this episode. Um, do you want to just say how we can learn more about you, your company, where can we find you, Instagram websites, these sort of mm. things? Uh, I mean, you, you could probably put like uh, Instagram for, for for me and also for uh, for Apian as well. So we, um, yeah, our so I tell you a bit about Apian. So Apian is uh, it's actually the name comes from um, an apiary. So uh, so Apian is everything everything related to bees. We love bees mm, and yeah. what they do. And a male bee is called a drone. And but most importantly, uh, Apian is an API, which is an application programmer interface. So we create the interface between healthcare industry and the drone industry. So uh, trying to deliver essentially faster, smarter, and cleaner healthcare. So that's what we are. And uh, but yeah, you can sort of leave the, the links if, if people want to check it out. And we're you know we're also hiring as well, um, ah. which people might be you know uh, if they're passionate about healthcare and, and, and drones. I think that's you know we would love to have a chat, and we're I think we're super fun bunch of you know people i would say but yeah feel free to reach out um if there's any questions or if you just want to talk about sort of um you know whether it's opportunities or, or whatever it might be brilliant that's awesome thank you very much and um again big thank you for taking the time you know to join me and uh, you know record this episode and thank you so much for for joining me and chatting honestly
Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure and uh, keep up the great work with the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and thank you for listening, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you did, um, you can, you know, let us know by sending us a little message or you can tell your friends about the episode and you can also leave a rating on the app that you're using and uh, come and see us on Instagram on our website. And yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. Bye.